Greetings, people loved by God, and good evening, and welcome to worship on this uh, midweek Lenten worship service here, Chapel of the Cross. We also welcome those who are watching, watching online. Uh, as I always do, I, I always welcome you to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and under the resources tab, you'll find the bulletin for this service so you can follow along. There's also the give tab there where you can give your tithes and offerings to the Lord and his church. Our theme for this week, as we focus on the hands of the Passion, will be the hands of the high priest Caiaphas and his hands of hypocrisy. One service note, uh, over the last three Wednesdays, you might remember the congregation has sung the refrain and the cantor has sung the verses for that Old Testament canticle. These last three Wednesdays of Lent, uh, the congregation will sing both the refrain and the verses. So just be prepared for that as we get to the Old Testament canticle there, um, page I think that's page four. And um, so we've heard it three times for three Wednesdays. For the next, next three Wednesdays, we'll sing it ourselves there. May God bless you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, In the Cross of Christ I Glory, as it's printed there on page two in your bulletin. We stand to sing it together.
make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and He relents from sending calamity. Jesus said, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Now read Psalm 2 responsively. 
Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against His anointed one. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then He rebukes them in His anger and terrifies them in His wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry with you. He is ready in your way, for His wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in Him. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord God, You anointed Your Son to be King for the sake of Your Church. Help us, as members of His Kingdom, to serve Him faithfully and to come to the full knowledge of His grace and glory, who lives and reigns with You in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we read the Passion History. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, Prophesy! Who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. At daybreak, the council of elders of the people, both the chief priests and teachers of the law, met together, and Jesus was led before them. 
If you are the Christ, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I asked you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, Are you then the Son of God? He replied, You are right in saying, I am. Then they said, Why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. 
but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this man-made temple, and in three days we'll build another not made by men. Yet even then their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists, and said, Prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. We continue with the responsory. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sins are covered. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. We now confess our common Christian faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated for our hymn.
grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I think if you look at that passion story, there would be several characters who could be described as the one with hands of hypocrisy. Now, the definition of hypocrisy is the practice of engaging in the same behavior or activity for, one, for which one criticizes another. Or the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. Well, that definition fits a bill for several people, now, doesn't it? Well, you got Judas, of course, who pledged to follow Jesus, share Jesus, love Jesus, and yet he betrays his Lord for 30 pieces of silver. You got Peter, that proud disciple who said that even if he had to die, he would not, he would not deny his Lord. He would not deny Jesus. We all know how that ended up. Even Pontius Pilate, you know, that Roman ruler, he was, wasn't he supposed to be fair in his decisions, just in his rulings? And yet, because of political pressure, he knowingly sentences an innocent man to die. Hypocrites, I mean, all of them. But they don't compare to Caiaphas when it comes to operating with hands of hypocrisy. You know, when we see what is written about Caiaphas in the Gospels, boy, you do not find a whole lot of redeeming things written about that guy. He is cold, he is calculating, he is just completely ruthless. He's not going to let anyone or anything stand in his way. Not even the Son of God. Which is interesting because as the man who held the highest spiritual office in Israel, Caiaphas was supposed to represent God. As high priest, he would seem to be completely virtuous, just profoundly spiritual, deeply religious. And yet, if you take a closer look at Caiaphas, you will see very clearly his hands of hypocrisy. St. Mark provides us with detailed information about the interaction that Jesus had with Caiaphas. Jesus was brought before the Sanhedrin in the middle of the night. That was not only highly unusual, but that was also illegal. And the goal of that unusual and illegal gathering was not to get to the truth, not by a long shot. It was to manufacture the truth. It was to manufacture evidence, any kind of evidence, even false evidence that would lead to a quick conviction. They were there to get rid of Jesus. And by hook or crook, they were going to do it. They had a problem, though. The Sanhedrin could not come up with any dirt on Jesus. How frustrating for them. I mean, how do you pin a crime on someone who has never done anything wrong? They tried. They rounded up some to bring false testimony against him. But not even that worked because they couldn't get their testimony to agree. And even in that unusual an illegal trial, according to their law, someone could not be convicted unless two or more witnesses gave testimony and gave, gave testimony that agreed with one another. And it looked like it was the rails were coming off for Caiaphas and for his cronies until he finally took matters into his own hands and he stood up and he asked Jesus, Are you the Christ, 
the son of the blessed one. It's just a simple yes or no question. But it's a very clever question. Because if Jesus said yes, then it would give Caiaphas all the evidence that he needed to get rid of Jesus once and for all. And Jesus understood the question. And he understood all the implications that went along with it. Jesus knew what would happen if he gave an honest answer. And yet he declared, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. It was time. Now it was time to testify to the truth. Now it was time to suffer at the hands of those hateful men. Now it was time to complete God's plan of salvation. And Caiaphas, when he heard him say that, oh, he must have been ecstatic when he spoke those words. But he didn't show it. Instead, he made an impressive display of moral outrage when he grabbed his collar of his robes and he tore his, tore his clothes and he asked the San- Sanhedrin, why do you need any more witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. Hmm. Blasphemy. Jesus claiming to be the Messiah. Jesus claiming to be the Son of God. That's what shocked Caiaphas so much that he ripped his robes. That was a charge that was going to stick. And that was all that Sanhedrin needed to get rid of Jesus once for all. And then, for just a moment, the hypocrites took off their masks. The men who made up the Sanhedrin, usually so sanctimonious, usually just very practiced and polished, they turned into an out-of-control mob. They all condemned him as worthy of death. And some began to spit on him. And they blindfolded him and struck him with their fists and they said, Prophesy! Such hate, such violence, such viciousness, such rage. And why? Well, partly because Jesus was threatening their power, their place, their pride. But I think the biggest reason that Caiaphas and the rest hated Jesus so very much was a spiritual reason They were part of a religious system where they thought that God rewarded people for being good. And of all people, they were the best. But Jesus, he comes around and he he turned their comfortable world just totally upside down. Because instead of patting them on the back, which they expected, he called them to repent. He called them whitewashed tombs. A brood of vipers. Children of the devil. He called them out for their hypocrisy. And Jesus didn't do that to embarrass them. He did it because he cared about them. Because he loved them. Because he wanted them to see the error of their ways. Because he wanted them to see that he and that their supposed goodness was the only way to heaven. But Caiaphas wouldn't have it, of course. He was not interested in Jesus' care or Jesus' love or Jesus' correction 
because he was not interested in the truth. See, hypocrisy at the very core is just a lie. But Jesus Christ is the truth. He is the truth that opposes the lie. He is the truth that confronts the lie. And he is the truth that in the end defeats the lie. You know, we, we can get pretty comfortable with the lie of hypocrisy too, can't we? If you ever thought to yourself, you know, I may not be perfect, but at least I'm not like this guy over here. Have you ever been critical of another Christian for committing a sin that perhaps you struggle with yourself? Do we always practice what we preach? In fact, aren't all of, we, all of us hypocrites in, in one way or another? Don't we all fail? Don't we all fall short of the glory of God? Don't we all fail to live up to the teachings of Jesus fall short of loving God with all our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul and all of our strength. Don't we do a pretty poor job of loving our neighbor as ourselves? And Jesus calls us on that hypocrisy. Calls us to repent too. Not to embarrass us, but because he cares about us. Because he loves us. Because he wants us to see the error of our ways. Because he wants us to see that he is the only way to heaven. He calls us to stop living the life of hypocrisy and cling to the truth of Jesus. Jesus is the truth that opposes the lie. Jesus is the truth that confronts the lie. Jesus is the truth that in the end defeats the lie. And Jesus did not hide the truth from Caiaphas or from us. Asked, are you the Christ? And Jesus responded in boldness, in clarity, in truth. I am. Jesus is the Christ. He is the Redeemer. He is the door to everlasting life. He is the Word made flesh. He is the incarnate God. He is the Good Shepherd sent to lead us and to guide us. He is the Savior of our souls. And all that is true, for he is truth. And there's no lying there. There is no hypocrisy there. That's a picture of love, picture of forgiveness, picture of a relationship with him. That relationship begun by him when he said to us, I have chosen you to be mine. I've come to you. Remember when I came to you in baptism, made you my child. That's a relationship that we have together. I'm your father. You are my child. And that's the truth. Comes to us in the Lord's Supper, and he assures you and he assures me of our forgiveness. All the hypocrisy, all the lies, all the dishonesties that we carry around, we come to that altar and we receive that assurance that it's all been forgiven. Every single bit of it. No more guilt. No more shame. All is forgiven. And that's the truth. You know, a hypocritical high priest may have presided over that sham of a trial, but our great high priest 
was always in control. Jesus knew that he would be mistreated. In fact, he had predicted that. Jesus knew that the questions that Caiaphas asked were an obvious attempt to trap him, but he still answered them. Because he was not concerned about saving his own life. He was concerned about saving ours. He was on a rescue mission to save souls from eternal death. And so he speaks the truth. Jesus testifies to the truth because he is the truth. And that truth sets us free. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue our worship by gathering our offering to the Lord. We stand for prayer. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon, with all our hearts and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have mercy. 
for the Holy Christian Church here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We continue with Luther's evening prayer. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day I pray that you would forgive me all my sins where I have done wrong, and graciously keep me this night. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless and preserve you. Amen. We remain standing for our closing hymn.